0: Welcome to the second episode of International Voices in 2021. I'm your host and moderator, Udo Fluk, and I have the honor to oversee the Office of Global and Cultural Affairs in Arts Missoula. We started International Voices in February of last year, and if you are just joining us this month and you are curious about previous podcasts in our series, please visit artsmissoula.org Click on Global and Cultural Affairs and visit radio and podcasts. International Voices is a monthly podcast brought to you by Global and Cultural Affairs of Arts Missoula and The Trail 1033. We are excited to have Melissa Kilby join us from Girl Up headquarters in Washington, D.C. on International Voices today to launch and honor Women's History Month. Melissa Kilby has been leading Girl Up since 2011. Girl Up is a global leadership development initiative working to achieve gender equality and harness the often untapped power and passion of young people, most specifically teen girls to make change in their communities and around the world. Melissa has recently been named to Fortune magazine's 40 under 40 class of 2020. We are honored to have you join us from the nation's capital to discuss your global efforts in transforming a generation of girls to be a force for gender equality and social change. Welcome, Melissa Kilby.
1: Thank you so very much for having me. I'm excited for our conversation.
0: Same here. Let's start with our first question. Can you please tell our listeners about your organization, Girl Up?
1: Yes, I would love to. Uh, Girl Up is a global leadership development initiative. We are hosted at the United Nations Foundation and we were actually started in 2010. So this last fall, we just celebrated our 10th anniversary Um, Over the course of those 10 years, we have engaged with more than 85,000 girls around the world.
0: Oh, wow. Um,
1: We started as an American campaign, really working to bring awareness to the issues facing adolescent girls in developing countries and in other parts of the world, inspiring young women here in the U.S. to take action and to open up their hearts and minds to understand Um, really the situation of being a girl. And over the last 10 years, as things have evolved and the conversation has changed and we have looked around the world and looked right here in the U.S. in our backyards and have really taken stock that there is no place in the world where girls are equal to boys and women are equal to men. We've really evolved our mission to say that we are looking to um, achieve gender equality for every girl everywhere. Um, whether that is a girl in Missoula, Montana, or a girl in London in the United Kingdom, or in uh, a village in Malawi, um, we're all fighting for the same goal. And um, how we do that actually is that we engage uh, teen girls in social impact and social change. And while they're doing this important work in their communities and their states and their countries, um, and on a global stage, they're actually learning how to be leaders they are leading um, and they are building their identity as leaders as they go forth you know, into adulthood and hopefully to um, join many people at all of the decision-making tables, rooms, stages where um, they can actually impact the policies um, that impact their lives.
0: Right. Now, you just said that your movement does not only advance girls' skills, rights, and opportunities to be leaders in all of the 50 U.S. states, but also internationally. How many countries are connected to Girl Up?
1: So we have inspired Girl Up clubs in 125 countries to date. And if we look at our events, our global events, we've actually had participants in almost 170 countries. So it truly is a global movement for gender equality.
0: And quite impressive uh, to have pulled this off in just 10 years.
1: It, it, we've definitely tapped into something. I will say that.
0: <laughs> I agree. Now, how many girls are impacted through your organization in total?
1: Yeah. So we we measure this in two ways. One, we have engaged... Um, About 85,000 girls within our Girl Up programming. So our Girl Up clubs, our Girl Up events, um, through things like our Global Leadership Summit, uh, boot camps that we do, um, camps that we have, and a a teen advisory board that we run. We also partner with the United Nations and through our girls, uh, primarily our girls fundraising efforts, we've provided grants to UN UNICEF, um, the UN Population Fund, UN Women, uh, UNHCR, which is the UN High High Commission for Refugees. And through those fundraising efforts and those grants, we've actually impacted another 100,000 girls um, with our UN partners.
0: Wow. Oh, that is impressive. My next question would have been, and you answered that already partially, who are your partners and investors in this? Because obviously, Mm -hmm. to have an organization that is truly an international organization, you need to have partners around the world.
1: Yeah. So our our most important partner is the United Nations. Girl Up is is hosted by the UN Foundation, which is a U.S. based nonprofit really working to advance um, the UN and the UN mission here in the United States. And so, okay. you know, through that association, the UN is one of our our key and probably our most important collaborative partner. Okay. Um, we also work with other other nonprofits who also engage. Um, with girls here in the US and around the world, um, kind of at different levels. But um, from an investing perspective, um, we work with a lot of corporations, actually, um, a lot of brands that really like our audience and would like to support the empowerment of teenage girls, um, sure. but also would would probably like to be seen positively in the eyes of, right. of our audience. Sure. Um, and then we also work with a lot of multinational corporations. So the fact that we are based in the U.S. that we that we started and originated in the U.S. but that we have this reach and presence around the world makes for um, just a really awesome partnership opportunity for a lot of a lot of companies. And then we have some really amazing individual donors. And our girls are out there doing um, all kinds of grassroots fundraising, you know, hosting bake sales with their clubs or running races and, and getting donations in that way. So there is, a, um, there is a grassroots fundraising strategy really kind of accompanied by a lot of amazing corporations who have committed to helping us further our mission.
0: Okay. Now, I really like your slogan, when girls rise, we all rise. Why is this so important?
1: So I think what what we tap into with that sentiment is that this isn't a zero sum situation. It is not an either or. Right. No one is trying to take equality away from anyone else. Um, but when you know half of our population is not equal, and there there is not anywhere in the world where that is the case, um, then what is that doing? to the detriment of all of us, right. you know, um, we, we want it to be an inclusive statement so that there's room in that for, um, collaborators and partners and allies and, and men and, uh, mothers and fathers and everyone who sort of maybe both care about their sons and their daughters, or want to sure. really understand that it's not going to hurt me or take away from me if, my female colleague has an equal opportunity, or if there's a policy in place that protects both me and my, my sister. You know. So really just trying to lean into that idea that when women and girls are, are better off and more equal and have more equal access to opportunities, it is actually better for all of us.
0: Right, okay. Um, now, Girl Up honors young women with the Girl Hero Award. Can you tell us a little more about the award and, and what, um, what the history is of the award? When did you first start giving it out and, and who are you honoring with this?
1: Yeah, thank you for that question. It, it's, it's, it's a really cool story actually. So in um, 2011, the UN um, named the first international day of the girl. Uh, which is October 11th. So it became a, an internationally recognized and celebrated day specifically to highlight, champion, but also bring attention to the issues of, of adolescent girls. Um, and we as Girl Up said, oh, great, this is gonna be a very important day for us to bring new people into our community, to you know, celebrate the, the, the potential and um, power of girls. Um, and so we did a lot of different campaigns over the years um, around International Day of the Girl. And about 2014, I think, we actually did a social media campaign that was hashtag Girl Hero. And so what we were asking our community to do was to tag their Girl Hero a picture, a post. You know, something right. to really call out these girl heroes in our lives, um, right. and then really kind of pass it on. Like, okay, now I've tagged you. Now you tag someone, and sure, we decided that that would actually just is the best campaign for that day. And so we've kept that going. Um, we haven't, we didn't continue to do a new campaign every year. We kind of just kept the kept the pulse with this idea of girl hero, and a girl hero, your girl hero, or girl heroes in general. And um, in 2018, we said, hmm, that sounds like an opportunity to create a fundraising event, an awards event, you know, to really honor girl heroes in the world um, right. within our own community. Right. Um, and to highlight our work. Um, certainly, you know, with these types of events and the, the types of people that we have honored, it, it brought a lot of wonderful exposure to our, to our community and, and to our mission. Mm-hmm. Um, so we launched the Girl Hero Awards in um, October of 2018, right around International Day of the Girl to coincide with our Girl Hero campaign. And we have had um, three, three, uh, I think three years of awards. So we have not determined who our, who our awards will be for this coming fall, um, but we always pair sort of influential women and leaders and public figures with um, Girl Heroes that we are also honoring within our own teen girls. Oh, how community. nice. What a great idea.
0: Oh, huh, okay. I had no idea um, that uh, there is an international day of the girl. So I learned something from just listening to you. Um, <laughs> and that is what day you said in October?
1: It's October 11th, exactly. Okay.
0: Um, tell us about your experience as an expert on the next generation, specifically Gen Z girls, leadership and youth activism?
1: Yeah, so I would say the, the thing that I feel most privileged and lucky um, to be able to, to do as, as part of my job, you know, the thing that is my career and that I that I earn a living and can take care of my family is that I get to learn from and be pushed and be inspired by this incredible youth generation that I think the world really sees and understands their power in a way that I, I've had an inside scoop on really for the last ten years. I think this generation, like like previous generations in the past, I would say maybe not mine. Um, I'm a product of the '80s, um, where activism wasn't really kind of wasn't really the the theme of of that of that decade. But this generation is it, they they seem to be. Living in this world much differently, you know from from being socially connected from being digitally connected to each other across borders across identities um, across many of the boundaries that sort of life set for us over, you know, before Um, Okay, this is your town, this is your newspaper, this is your school. You know, they, right. this is your exposure. Well, this generation doesn't have those same limitations. And what that has meant and what I have seen to be one of the, the very key and unique things about this current youth generation is that they live in the world with a more openness and more empathy and more understanding. They're globally minded already because mm-hmm. they're exposed to each other um, in a much more open way. And and diverse way, and sure. that has really impacted how they how they how they see everything. Right, um, and so I think that is is partially what infuses their activism. I think the fact also that they have these platforms and megaphones attached to their fingers at all times has has really shown them the power of their voices early. Um, And they also care deeply about the issues that they've inherited and they, and they have such an understanding about these issues that I think previous generations, maybe as young people didn't fully have that same um, broad scope, unless it was something that, that personally affected them. And so um, this generation is just, you know, they are activists by nature. They are empowered by nature because they have information and they have a platform and a megaphone. And I think in a lot of ways, it's 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 good and amazing. And a lot of ways that adds a lot of burden and pressure to young people that, that you know, they feel the weight of it all in, sure. in different ways. So there is certainly a, a, a flip side to that coin, but they push me to think about things that I haven't considered. Um, they inspire me to to follow in their, their lead to be bold and to use the platform and privilege that I have. And um, I've just, I've learned, I have learned more from them than I could ever teach. And I really see my job is to ensure that this movement that they are living or that they are leading um, is strong and sustainable and, and activated in a way that will, that will further their goals.
0: Now, and thank you for, for that um, explanation. I'm, I'm trying to wrap my mind around the fact that you are um, talking about uh, the sheer um, possibilities that are there. Um, and as you said, in previous generations, there was less of a, of a platform, there was um, less technology uh, to further that and, 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 and Girl Up seems to help um, girls access their inner power to advance the skills and rights and opportunities of girls everywhere, right? So how, mm-hmm. how do you accomplish that? What are some of the specific skills a young female can learn through her involvement in Girl Up?
1: Yeah, I think I mean thank you for the question. I think you know the skills for leadership are sort of universal, right? It doesn't it doesn't matter if you're a girl, a girl or a boy, you know, right. today, to lead today in this in this world and in this environment, certainly during a global pandemic, you know, leaders are being called on to to shift the way that they lead and and to lead with with empathy and through connection, right? And through collaboration and partnership and I think that Women and female leadership, you know, sort of has always had that sort of inherent nature to it. So I think what we really try to do um, through our programming is give girls sort of sort of tangible skills and tools, but also to give them real live opportunities to put those tools and skills into practice. So the fact that girls come to Girl Up because they want to make change, they come here to take action. So we're we're kind of Pushing them towards that action, inspiring them to continue that action, um, and also, you know, making sure that they have some 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 real applicable opportunities to do that. I, I always like to say it's leadership in action. It's not academic or philosophical leadership tenets. It's like you go out, you convince a few of your friends that this is a good idea to join you. Then you all have to come together and decide what you're going to do. You have to build consensus. You have to set a goal. You have to plan, delegate, negotiate, navigate. And then you will try to achieve that goal. And that is actually leading. And that is what you know, we as adults do out in our jobs or in our in our public positions or however we sort of lead as a verb. They're actually getting to do that via their experience with Girl Up. And I think the biggest part of it isn't as much a specific skill or tool that a girl needs, but more that she feels valued, that she's listened to, um, and that she is taken seriously so that she can tap that potential, um, that she has the confidence and the, the sort of, in turn, the respect to, right. to, to move that impact forward.
0: And yet most of what you just said does not seem to be part of any standing curriculum, so it's really something that um, that is not fully taught in a school setting. So Girl Up really um, connects nicely to any kind of uh, public speaking efforts or any kind of um, leadership discussions that that are happening in schools. But then it it pushes that it uh, it it provides opportunities for so much more. Am I understanding that correctly?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. We always we, we like to say it's sort of what you don't learn in the classroom that right. actually would help, will help you be successful um, right. in the real world.
0: So one could then argue that, you know, we are learning a certain amount of, uh, of skills uh, in a classroom setting and, and one could argue uh, how specifically useful or or not they might be, but why are these skills that you just mentioned that um, that girl up teaches young females? Why are they so important for every female in their academic as well as their professional life?
1: You know, I think I think that when you ha- have. a a transformation where you see yourself as a leader, you have seen yourself lead, you have led, no one can take that away from you. You know, you, you can be nervous. You can be, you know, you can have someone in your life in in a classroom, in a job, you know, in a, in a team, you know, dismiss you, but you already know better because you've already done it. And so it's about
0: self-confidence a lot it's of also
1: it. about actualization, right? It's, it's right. confidence because it's confidence based on something. And right. so that to me has been one of the most resounding things that I have heard from Grow Up alumni is that I, I knew I could lead. I knew I was a leader because I had already done it and I had already made change and I had brought people together and I had influenced. Um, and so that's something that they, they carry with them. And I think when you have that innately as part of your identity, then the challenges are easier to get over. You know, of course, you're going to it's not going to just be smooth sailing just because you feel good about your leadership and you feel confident. You're going to run into obstacles, barriers. You're going to make mistakes. You're also going to run into haters, you know, people who do not want to hear from you or don't want you to lead them. Sure. That won't that won't totally dismantle or, or derail you. And I think that's one of the most important things, especially for women um, to be able to keep pushing and to push through. Um, and so that's one of the things that I, I think is most important about, about what happens as part of that Girl Up experience.
0: Excellent, thank you. Now, when um, we talk about gender equality and and just as a little definition here, um, gender equality is when people of all genders have equal rights, responsibilities and opportunities and societies that value women and men are equal, um, are safer and healthier. Everyone is affected by gender inequality when we think about gender equality why is it important to realize that equality is a movement and not a moment
1: yeah i love that that's so important because um, moments disappear right moments come and go right and you know one of the things that happens in in this world that we live in around social media and the media and brands and um, sort of what is the thing of this moment? What is what is the the hot topic? Equality. We don't want gender equality to be the hot topic because what happens when it fades? You know, from from excitement or from something new, the the effects can't fade. You know, so. We really, we, want, we, we really think of this as, as a movement um, because we're always trying to build it, we're trying to grow it, but movement also represents forward um, and moment represents temporary. And so I think, you know, we know that equality benefits everyone. We're, we're making the case, we're trying to get more and more people on board with that, that idea who can help to actually dismantle the things that create inequality. Um, It can't be a hot topic, a fad, you know, a phase. We need it to be entrenched. And the more people we bring into this work with us, into this movement, the more likely that is to, to have the legs and the longevity to actually see the real change that we want.
0: Right. Now, sometimes, unfortunately, though, movements are impacted by moments, by something that just gets in the way and that is a temporary thing. What happens to gender equality during a global pandemic, let's say such as the one that we're experiencing right now with COVID-19, how are girls around the world affected and how are they coping?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, my, my point at the top of this conversation is that we, we haven't achieved equality, right? We've, we are right. still fighting, we are still working, we still have a, a, you know, depending on where you are in the world, there is, or your identity, or your 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 race, or your socioeconomic, you know, background, or your religion, your sort of whatever identity that you bring along with your gender, you might have a little ways to go until you're equal. You might have a long ways to go till you're equal, but it sure. is. Still very much in process, and so when something like a global pandemic, or a natural disaster, or a conflict, or you know war, or you know these things that sort of paralyze and stop or um, bring you know set things back happen, the the most unequal people are going to feel the the effects of that first. And because that because they already weren't, you know, sort of at the same at the same starting point. And so we've seen that in every aspect of how this global pandemic has influenced the world and people around the world, obviously here in the US, where, you know, we, we never really got control over it, um, we are seeing, Girls around the world who fought so hard to get into school and are now out of school and may never go back to school because right. can they can they succeed in that fight twice? Right, right. Um, we are seeing, you know, the the burden of unpaid labor, which is mostly, you know, on the female family members. Um, just overwhelming to equality efforts. You know, we see women leaving the workforce in in record numbers and completely disproportionate to men leaving the workplace. That is setting back equality progress at work.
0: Right. Um,
1: so there and then the other aspect of that is um, you know, the gender-based violence. when when things happen and they're bad and they're stressful, and you're stuck at home because you're not supposed to be going anywhere. You're supposed to be, you know, sort of sheltering in place and isolating. For, for a lot of women, you're really sort of unearthing an incredibly unsafe environment where there are no other outlets. And then you put the stress of this actual pandemic, of job loss, of economic uncertainty, of frustration on top of that. And it it creates an incredibly risky environment for women and girls. Um, And so that's been one of the really distressing outcomes of a, of a, of an issue that was already incredibly distressing. And so I think, you know, there there aren't a lot of ways that I could say that it hasn't impacted women and girls disproportionately. And I think again, because we were on such rocky ground with the equality strides that we have made, um, that it was too rocky, you know, to withstand
0: and i would think that um all the the good that you're trying to do uh is also impacted programming wise by a pandemic where you um have done certain things a certain way in the past uh 10 years and now with a pandemic you 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 can't do them the same way what what changes did you make um did you see some of these uh, modifications that you made to your programming, uh, continue post pandemic?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest things that we did was we shifted, you know, most of what we had been doing traditionally in person, even globally to virtual. Um, and we did that pretty quickly. We also had a, a population that was now all of a sudden, you know, maybe home from school, but not doing extracurricular activities very much, a lot more time on their hands and looking for these, looking for an outlet. So in some ways, our movement and our work has actually progressed at, a, at a, an accelerated pace. In other ways, we've, we've left some of our, our Girl Up members behind because digital and data access is key to be engaging virtually, you know, and in, in some parts of the world, those clubs only meet at school and in person and they don't have access to to the, sure. the virtual, you know, resources. Right. And so if you're not at school and you're not in person, you probably are not actually interacting with Girl Up. And so we've been trying to be really thoughtful about how we can increase um, our support from Girl Up in a way to, to increase digital and data access. Um, that's been the biggest challenge, I think, for us. We've made the shift pretty well. I think we, we have, un, we have sort of, we have un we have tapped into like new opportunities to connect our global community to each other, right. which has been one of the most exciting things that has come out of the last year. Um, but we are also aware that that is not universal to every girl that's a part of the Girl Up movement. And so, you know, I think when we are able to to sort of return to things being able to be in person, we will absolutely keep the virtual. Um, but we will also look to be bringing that back and kind of reengaging and um, supporting clubs that maybe have have had to lapse for the time being, you know, how can we support them in, in new ways to come back into the into the organization? So um, yeah, I, th- I think that's that's kind of the, the the best way to put it. but lots of the things that we have gotten to do because we have shifted to virtual, we will definitely be keeping.
0: Yeah, it's a good reminder when you mentioned that, that uh, for many of us in our pivoting and in our realization that we can do lots of things um, remotely uh, teaching, learning, uh, all kinds of activities. But the fact of the matter is that not everybody has a computer to do so or uh, an internet connection that allows for that. And we, we tend to think that because we have it that everybody can join in. But you're absolutely right. There is a large amount of people in this world that are far away from a computer or a reliable uh, internet service. And so um, going virtual only, only covers perhaps a small segment. Um, there is a large group of people that will not have any benefit from it. And like you said, if, if you're not, um, if you're not connected uh, through technology, then the question is how, how can you participate and what can you do on the ground? So um, that's a, you know, we tend to forget that, but um, I, I agree with you that there is this assumption that, that we all have benefited um, through uh, through remote learning and remote activities, and, and many of us have, but you're so right that in many places there isn't that technology and young women are probably, because of gatherings not happening that would normally happen in schools or, um, or in, in, uh, in, in public places, uh, there is no, no way of participation and no way of, um, of connecting with others
1: the The one piece of that 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 has been incredibly inspiring is that the girl leaders of girl up, the young leaders of girl up who who are virtually and digitally connected are aware of that right And so they're using their privilege and platform to try to you know further create access in their communities and and to to sort of bridge that digital divide, if you will and and it's a, it's actually this really interesting new component of equality that they they're now aware of because of this and and they're using their leadership and their advocacy and their, their activism to actually address that in their communities as well. So that, that has been an interesting outcome um, of their own sort of awareness and understanding of the, of that inequality.
0: Now, speaking of programming, can you tell us about some of your upcoming events?
1: Yes, so we um we do a um we have our global leadership summit, our Girl Up leadership summit every summer. Um, we'll be hosting that again this July, July thirteenth and fourteenth. It is uh, virtual again this summer. It is free. Um, it is open to teenage girls and um, adult supporters who are interested in learning more about Girl Up. We'll be opening that registration probably um, next month. Um, but we did host this event last summer virtually and it was incredible. You can see some of the highlights and some of the sessions on Girl Up's YouTube channel. Um, but we also do a monthly uh, panel conversation that's that we've called our Girl Talk series. Um, so we have an upcoming uh, Girl Talk in, on Wednesday, March 24th to celebrate Women's History Month. Again, mm-hmm. people can register for that via our website at girlup.org, or they can watch that. It'll be streamed live on our YouTube channel as well. And we do those conversations regularly throughout the year. Um, And then for young people who are interested in, um, you know, learning more about Girl Up or getting engaged in an event, maybe thinking about starting a club, we have um, lots of different events and boot camps all throughout the year that are all being hosted virtually right now. Um, And all of those details are also on our website.
0: Great. Thank you. Now, again, I'm just amazed about the fact that your organization is, um, has not been around for, uh, you know, decades, but has accomplished all of this in basically 10 years. Um, What are some of your greatest accomplishments during your tenure um, at Girl Up.?
1: Oh, it's hard to it's hard to narrow down. I mean, it's, it has been an incredible journey. I think that um, you know the fact that we are we are currently recruiting our twelfth class of teen advisors. We have a teen advisory board, which is basically a global board of of young women who um, who are in high school, so entering ninth grade, entering through entering twelfth grade, who serve a year long term and guide guide me you know keep uh, help help us make sure that this is a movement that is that is being led by girls and that is moving in the direction that this generation wants to take it and um, that board in and of itself being able to work with those young women over these last 10 years and learn from them and evolve the organization to match their, their aspirations and their even sometimes demands um, is just something I'm just so incredibly proud that I get to do, um, but also proud of how they have led us forward. Um, so that, that's a that's something that that sticks out to me. I think honestly this last this last year, um, how the organization um, has adapted in a global pandemic. D- through you know, a shift to virtual, through so many, I think, hard reckonings and conversations and dialogues and personal experiences even on the team, the fact that it was a, a very hard year, but also a, a, really, a really strong year for the organization and, and for our growth and, and who we are going to be as an organization going forward. Um, that is also something I am just so incredibly proud of is, is, is really our trajectory through the last 12 months and what it has set up and opened up for who we're going to be as an organization going forward.
0: Now, how can people support Girl Up?
1: So my first thing that I always say is that if you are a young person or you know a young person who you think would be really interested to learn more about this work that we do. Who is someone who cares about equality, who cares and is an activist in their community? Um, please introduce them to Girl Up. You know, we have our website, girlup.org. We are incredibly active on social media it's um, at Girl Up Campaign on Instagram. We are on Facebook and TikTok and Twitter and Snapchat and all the channels. Our YouTube channel has amazing content. Um, that's the any of those um platforms are a great way to get to know Girl Up. But introduce Girl Up to a young person in your life. If you are a young person, go check us out. Um, that is always my number one ask of people because there are, you know, even though we've had all this great accomplishment in 10 years, there are a lot of people who still don't know about Girl Up. So we're sure. still still trying to, to build awareness around what we're doing. Um, and then I think, you know, really joining us in in this movement for our quality, either by you know, donating to the organization, um, advocating for policies that make our reality and lives, you know, more equal, Um, and really having those good conversations amongst your family, your friends, your communities, your networks about how can we have a future where regardless of our gender, we have equal opportunity um, and equal opportunity for success. So I think Sometimes actually just joining the conversation is the most important thing we can do. But I would say the second thing would be tell everybody you know about Girl Up.
0: Right. No, and I think that's an excellent point. Um, you know, families can do a lot about this by just by just having conversations about it and by raising the awareness, especially if you have um, young females in your family um, that might have not heard about the organization, that would be a great way to introduce them. So parents can actually... Uh, make a big difference in this too, as as actively um, introducing uh, the organization in a conversation at dinner or whenever. Um, What laws and or policies could be enacted to support your work? Are there any governments or societies that are getting it right, that are doing it better? In other words, who might be a good role model for us um, to look at?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I think that question is is really important because we can do a lot of this. And if the policies are still set up in an unequal way, or if our, our government and our systems and our, our structure doesn't allow um, for change, then it is it is a bit of a, almost an impossible uphill battle. So, you know, I think that, some of the things that are that, that are really important to me is you know what are the what are the laws, what are the policies? what are the government programs that we need that we don't have? Um, paid family leave, you know that sort of that opportunity to to have you know more childcare support so that women can further their careers and can not have to step away and step back and, and start and stop. You, um, okay. Those are things that absolutely, um, impact the equality conversation. Right. I think that we have laws and then sometimes those laws just aren't followed. They're not enforced. you know there are sexual harassment laws, there are discrimination laws, there are pay equality laws, and yet you still see all of those things happening. And so part of it is we also have to move from policy into cultural shift and into practice shift. Um, and so I think that in a place like the U.S., sometimes that's actually the more important place that we need to see change, because, you know, we've we've had a lot of legislation over the last few decades that has been trying to re- you remove the sort of blatant inequalities, but you still see them pervade. Purvey- you know, I think it's interesting. I, I don't have like a specific country that is like, oh, they're doing really good, because again, we sure. haven't achieved that equality everywhere. But. What I do look at is when we have equal representation in government, you know, in parliaments, in Congress, and in, in these sort of elected officials, when you have heads of state who, who are female or cabinets that have equal female representation, it's, it's very likely that they're doing a bit better on the equality metrics oh, <laughs> okay. because, because there are females in positions of power and positions of decision-making who can influence that. Um, versus a group of men who you're trying to advocate to, persuade, negotiate, convince. You know, when you have actually achieved more equal balance at the highest levels of government, you actually see more equal policies, but also more equal practice and implementation of those policies. So when I look around the world and I see strong um, female leaders and leadership and and see them doing things really well, to me, those two things go together.
0: Great, thank you. Now, um, one in three girls and women will experience gender-based violence in their lifetime. And you talked about this earlier, how uh, this pandemic um, has actually um, probably even, Um, propelled this and and made it even a worse uh, situation than it was before the pandemic. This is one of the most prevalent human rights violations in the world, which knows no social, economic or national boundaries. What are the hardest challenges Girl Up faces in tackling gender-based violence internationally versus here in the US?
1: So for me, one of the core, one of the core issues that, you know, is, is consistent across so many aspects of, of equality and inequality and shows up in in such a very specific way when we talk about gender-based violence and, and safety from violence is the, the devaluation of, girls and women as equals, as equal humans, humans with equal rights. I think that when I think about this phenomenon, pandemic in and of itself, it's, it's, it's that the girls and women in around the world and in, in places where you, know, you see this and within relationships, within cultures, within society, um, is that those lives aren't valued in the same way. They're there to be um, abused, to be taken, to be having, to have their power, to have power asserted over, to have a fight against equality be taken out on them, and it is the the worst representation of what we are fighting against. This idea that my power takes away from your power, or my equality makes you less equal, or my seat at the table means there's not a seat for you. Um, how that all comes out is really in the fact that girls and women are actually fighting to be valued, and that shows up in a lot of ways in, in our work, you know, we, we want to be valued for our, our ideas, for True. our contributions, but we also True. want to be valued as human beings who, who have a right to not be abused, to, to have a right to be safe from violence Right. Um, Just as is sort of an underlying assumption for men and all and, you know, as humans. So to me, that is that's the underlying thing. That's that's the thing that, you know, every time I say girl power or I highlight a young woman who's who's doing amazing things, I'm trying to change the perception of her value of what she brings to the world and to all of us, including men. Um, And so that maybe eventually if our perceived value is equal, if our actual value is matched by the way that we're treated, maybe we can start to see some of this, some of these statistics around the prevalence of of gender-based violence start to shift.
0: Right. Now, you have been saying in this podcast that your mission is um, not accomplished yet. And it's, in progress and there is lots more to do looking into the future where do you see girl up let's say five years from now or 10 years from now what would you like to see accomplished
1: so we we like you like we've talked about we have been um we have been operating for 10 years we now have girl up alumni out in the workforce Um, graduating from college entering their careers in another five ten years we will have more you know of our of our alumni out in government in media in corporate um and in so in service roles and as we get more young women who have who have been transformed by their experience with girl up who care about the world who see um, the role that they can have in making the world a better place. You know what I really hope that we can start to see is is this changing? Is is equality being close to being realized? Of equal opportunity for these young women to advance, to have power, to be leaders, to make decisions, to change um, the status of so many things that we're, that we're challenged by right now. Um, and, you know, I don't think that 10 or, you know, five or 10 years is too far out to actually start to see some of the impact of that. You know, we are planting a seed in a garden that's going to be grown and watered and cultivated for, for a long time. Um, but I, I really do hope that some of the seeds that we planted years ago, you know, we'll start to see, the fruits of that in the short, short term and then certainly over the long term. Um, part of that is as an organization, I, I hope that we will continue to keep growing, that we will bring more young people and young women into this movement um, and that you know we'll start to see this valuation of girls and women and, and this fight for equality and this movement really grow and keep growing until we don't need it anymore.
0: Excellent. No, I I totally agree with you. I think um, what is really neat about uh, your structure is that, like you said, uh, former students um, are actually turning into mentors. And um, so in years to come, there will be more of those that will have gone through your program and that now can inspire others that are joining the program. I think that's a really neat aspect of, uh, when thinking about how to grow this and how to make this more impactful, you're doing it because you have this structure in place that, um, that allows for those young women that are quote unquote graduating from the program are now then turn into mentors and teachers in the future. That's, I think that's just a really neat aspect of, of Girl Up. Thank you so much, Melissa Kilby, for joining us today on International Voices. We would like to encourage our local audience to go to www.girlup.org to learn more about the issues facing girls around the world and explore ways you can get involved here in Montana. You can also follow Melissa Kilby on social media at Melissa Girl Up to stay up to date. On the actions with girl up in a continuation of women's history month during our next international voices podcast on thursday april 1st i will be speaking with anita lucchesi executive director of the sovereign bodies institute in montana to discuss the missing and murdered indigenous women and girls movement as always thank you for listening those of you who are regularly tuning in to International Voices know, being of German descent, I usually end with a German farewell. Danke schön fürs Zuhören. International Voices is brought to you by Global and Cultural Affairs of Arts Missoula and to TRAIL 1033. This and previous International Voices podcasts can be found at artsmissoula.org and TRAIL 1033 dot com.